0: Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, content creator for the Instagram page, Make Wads Great Again. Welcome back to the podcast. I've got a fun episode tonight, guys. So I've got Steph Hammerman with me, who is an adaptive athlete and actually the first CrossFit Level 2 trainer with cerebral palsy and a cancer survivor. So those of you that are out there bitching about the Open, you need to suck it up because uh, Steph here is the strongest woman alive. Steph, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much. That was an it was an amazing intro. I appreciate that.
0: I was totally um, winging it, like everything else in my life. I was winging that top to bottom. So thank yeah, you. That was
1: that was great. I don't know if I could uh, surpass that. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited you're on. Um, you know, just for everyone to kind of know who you are. So Steph's a follower of the page and uh, reached out to me, and has I thought it had a really really interesting story. And so I, you know, I thought it'd be fun to have her on to you know for everyone to hear you know, the things that she's working on, I have a particularly soft spot for the adaptive community because they work so hard and, and do such incredible work. And bluntly, they're almost all fitter than me. So uh-huh. um, I'm mostly jealous. Um, so step one, we just start with you. So just, you know, tell us your story, like, you know, kind of top to bottom, and we'll go from there.
1: Cool. Well, my fitness story actually begins in uh, 2010. I had become kind of tired of the way that I was living my life, or really not living my life, I was doing a lot of things for everybody else around me. I was very involved in my college um, student life, and I went to, I'd like to say, more more club meetings than I did actual classwork, so I was very involved in, in being a student leader, and it really overtook my time, and at one point, uh, my sophomore year of college, I looked at myself, and I was like, I don't really like what I see in the mirror. And it was really time for me to change that. And as somebody with cerebral palsy, I wasn't necessarily going, oh, I want to go into a gym. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to change that? Right. So uh, I actually met with a trainer and I will never forget our first meeting because he literally looked at me and he said, you're, you're a beautiful woman, um, but I need you to give me a goal. And I said, I want to lose something crazy. I said, like, I want to lose 50 pounds. And I didn't need to lose 50 pounds. I just kind of like made it up. And he looked at me and he said, I need you to give me um, a tangible goal, something that we can do together to get you started on this journey. He said, the weight will follow. We need something for you to do. And so he said, I'm going to give you a couple days to figure it out. And I had a friend who was a competitive runner. And he went to this race, and he was an able-bodied person, and went to this race just to cheer him on. And right before his race were the wheelchair racers. And all of a sudden, I saw these athletes that were hopping out of their wheelchairs into hand cycles. And I was like, what is that? Like, I want to do that. And he's like, well, those are hand cyclists. They always go before the runners. I was like, oh, that's cool, because they weren't being treated as – individuals in wheelchairs they were being treated like athletes like they got in their bikes three two one go and off they went and I was like that's really cool and my trainer was actually with me that day he's like well, why don't you go introduce yourself so I did and from that moment on I truly believe that it was like the spark that created my athletic career um I hopped in a hand cycle that day and they realized that my arms were really strong and I remember the creator of the um, or the director of uh, Achilles International coming up to me and saying, uh, I think you'd be an amazing athlete. And I said, okay. He goes, well, I have this marathon that's coming up in December. And I was like, it was February at the time. So that was less than a year. And he's like, I think you could do it. And I was like, oh, okay. So I trained for a while. And then December 4th, of 20 or it was i think it was like december 4th of 2011 i did my first race and i finished in four hours and 34 minutes and 16 seconds i'll never forget the time because i looked up at the clock i looked down at my hands and i was like man that was so hard my hands were all bloody and gross and i looked up at the clock again and i said you know what i can do better And that was the day that I truly became an athlete. Uh, I waited a little bit longer until I uh, found myself in a CrossFit gym. On May 3rd of 2012, I walked into my first CrossFit gym. Actually, I didn't walk in. I rolled in in my wheelchair holding my crutches. And I went over to the owner of the gym and I said, Hi, I'm Steph Hammerman. I'm uh, an adaptive athlete that does hand cycling and I want to do CrossFit. And he looked at me and said, I have no idea what to do with you but let's do it. And that's kind of how my journey began. Uh, so in 2012, I was in my first CrossFit gym and I haven't looked back since.
0: So you said you started May 3rd, 2012? Yeah. I think we started the same month. Swear that's to God. amazing. <laughs> Swear to God. I, I'm positive it was uh, it was 2012 for me because um, they, they at least I think it was. God, it was real close. We've probably been doing the same amount of time. You could probably do more pull-ups than me. I'm not even going to add. <laughs> I'm just Depends. gonna be all pissed off.
1: Seated pull-ups or standing pull-ups, they're a little different,
0: but yeah. See, I don't even want to know. I was uh we did um I did a podcast a few weeks ago with uh Stouty and um Logan Alders from Wheelwide and Yeah,
1: they're way stronger than me.
0: Yeah, well Stouty like at some point just like offhandedly goes, Well, the first time I did rope climbs, I'm like, All right, slow down, pal. Like
1: yeah.
0: you know, you can't use your legs and you're doing rope climbs in your chairs, and you just acting like it's no big deal. I'm like, I you know I suck at rope climbs. You know, and I've got use of my legs and arms. Like, come on, yeah. Just, it's really, really humbling.
1: It's so interesting, though, because we've all become friends over. You know, I've almost been in CrossFit now, going into my eighth year, and we we've been all friends probably for the last five, six years, and it's been really cool to watch that um, the adaptive community grow. Because when I started in 2012, I knew of. Chris a little bit later so I knew of Saudi a little bit later but when I first started I was the only person that I knew with cerebral palsy doing CrossFit so like I couldn't go up to you and be like hey John like how do you jump rope <laughs> it just it didn't it didn't work that way but I understood how I needed the movements to be completed and the biggest thing for me was to be functional Right, you know, like I needed to be able to, if I fell on the floor using my crutches, I needed to be able to pick myself up. And the reality of the situation was, I was, you know, or so I thought I was fit, and then I did CrossFit and I felt like I wasn't right. And so I remember that first, you know, workout and those first few workouts where my trainer, his name was Scott, but everybody called him Turbo. Turbo was this like really tough dude, but he had like this the soft spot in his heart for me. And it was really because I wanted to work really hard and I wanted to get better for my life. I wanted to get better, to be able to put my shoes on better, to be able to get myself dressed faster and to be able to move from, you know, point A to point B better than I did before. And so I remember the first time we had done burpees and literally got on the floor and he was like, okay, get up. And it took me like a good 25 to 30 minutes to get up. And I was like, man, like I need to do better at that. <laughs> right. And so that's when we started taking video of all that I was doing. And, you know, at the time, Facebook was the thing. There was really no Instagram, but Facebook was the thing. So I posted videos on Facebook and people started to follow it. And little did I know I had parents that were, you know, messaging me saying, I have a daughter that's four years old and has cerebral palsy. I hope she can be like you. And I had started CrossFit when I was 22. So, you know, I, did, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. There wasn't like, oh, let's go open a gym. Like that wasn't, that wasn't what I wanted to do. And uh, it just kind of evolved. That passion evolved over time.
0: You know, that's, I love your message there about, um, it having to be functional. I was uh, talking to coach Glassman several months ago and he was talking about the health initiative that CrossFit has. And, you know, there's kind of the running joke of the old people they have on, on the YouTube series now. And, you know, they're doing deadlifts with milk jugs mm-hmm. and broom snatches and, and people are, you know, the kind of the hardcore athletes or even just like the everyday athletes are kind of making fun of it. And he said to me, he's like, you know, this is, these are important movements. People forget that. That older population, they should be doing burpees because they have to learn to get off the floor if they fall. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I honestly, up until this point, never really thought about the adaptive community how functional this is. And so I think that's a really, really terrific message. When you when you started CrossFit, do you think it was more or less intimidating? I mean, you've obviously had a lot of challenges over your life, and I think a lot of people get. Um, I don't know if nervous or they're scared of CrossFit because they walk in and there's a lot of shirtless athletes and Mm. slamming bars around and just doing ridiculously crazy things. Did did you find it more or less intimidating you think?
1: I don't think I was ever intimidated. And I'm very lucky to be able to say that I had a really cool community um, within that CrossFit hardcore um, Boca Raton. That was the first gym, that whole gym just like, Took me in with so much love. Right. There was never like there was never a point of being intimidated. Um, I think things that intimidated me maybe were movements, like how am I going to learn how to do X, Y, Z. But I never went into it scared. Um, I actually just posted the other day about how some of my movements came to life. I used to lift a lot from my knees before I met Stouty and Chris or Stouty and Kevin. Um, I lifted a lot from my knees and the way that came to be was actually from a dream that I had. And when you dream, you know, it's kind of, I think it's your subconscious basically telling you what you're thinking about. And I had been thinking so much about how am I going to be able to do these movements that I had a dream that I was on my knees doing a clean from, you know, quote unquote, the hang position. And all of a sudden I did it with a barbell and I was, the next day I went into the gym and I was like, I want to try this and see if it works. And I did it with a PVC and I I kept falling. Um, my balance was not great. And so then I learned we need to get my core stronger so that I can do this movement. And I think it took about maybe three weeks to figure out that I could, you know, put a little bit of weight on the bar. And then I was cleaning 45 pounds on a bar and I thought that was like amazing, right? And then I met Stouty and and Kevin and, you know, over time they've taught me that if you have something that braces your back, like a wheelchair, right? You'll be able to get more weight either on your shoulders or overhead. And so I started lifting a little bit more in the chair so that I'm a little bit more stable.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really unreal. They don't, uh, they wouldn't let me base my programming off of my dreams. I'd just get kicked out of the gym. (laughs) Um, So you own a gym now. So are you doing your own programming or do you have someone doing that for you?
1: Uh, So right now I'm, I'm kind of in between stages of building the gym and kind of seeing what programming works um, for me. So we're just using a, a little bit of everything right now. Um, we're using a little bit of Outlaw. We're actually talking to study about possibly doing some wheelwad stuff. So I'm just trying to see what fits our community. So you wanna, you talked about um, Greg Glassman and, and the older population on, um, the website right now or on dot com website that is my gym quite honestly the majority of my gym is actually a little bit of an older population which i love the concept of my gym actually came to be like four years ago Um, my grandpa is almost 82 and he's one of the fittest people that i know and his biggest dream was to open a gym for people like him right people like myself people like him people that would be considered the quote-unquote underdogs, right? But they still wanted to be functional for the rest of their life. Now, it's not to say that, you know, Matt Fraser couldn't walk into my gym and I wouldn't welcome him, but the majority of the population that come into my gym are your older population, people that are going to scale things, even if they're scaling the scaled workout. And I have no problem with that. I think what's what makes our community special is that we can all be in the same room together, and achieving the same stimulus in a workout, and at the end of the workout, feel like you've accomplished something.
0: Are, are you finding with any of this older population, you're having to make them scale more than they want to scale?
1: Sometimes it's interesting because I have you know I have some people that are in their sixties and they're very competitive. For, for themselves, right? And at some point you have to say, whoa, let's go back to basics a little bit before you hurt yourself, right? And I think it has to do with like a little bit of ego, um, but at the end of the day, it's really cool to see that age isn't gonna stop them. As long as they're you know doing the technique correctly, if they want to push themselves further, that's great, but I will never allow an athlete to push themselves to injury. I will always push an athlete to challenge, if
0: that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My uh, my dad started CrossFit uh, just uh, eight weeks ago. He's 75. And awesome. I yeah, well, it's mostly awesome. Um, it's just funny. in my
1: way. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's very, it's actually, I think it's amazing. And it's very funny to me. Um, he said to me, the reason I asked the question is he said to me like maybe two weeks in, he's like, well, I can't rope climb yet. And I'm like, you're 75. You shouldn't be rope climbing at uh, all. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want you to rope climb. I want. But you that's to- the
1: thing too, is an, I guess it's because you're his son, right? But it, let's say he wants to rope climb or he wants to be able to try those things. There's adaptations that are not just scales, right? Ad, adapting and scaling are two different things. And I'm sure Stouty and, and Logan talked about that. But knowing... You know, my grandpa always says Clint Eastwood says a man's got to know his limitations, right? But at the end of the day, you don't want to limit them so much that they don't believe in themselves. And that's what I think is really cool about the the culture that we've created is that no matter how you come into my gym, whether you rolled into my gym, whether you have crutches, whether you just walked into the gym, uh, you know, if you're there, you're considered an athlete. And I don't care how old you are or what your ability or skill level is. If you're there to work, you're there to work, and I'm going to treat you as such.
0: Well, I, I've just been interested in in kind of watching his journey just eight weeks in that, you know, he's already learned that the assault bite sucks, which is uh-huh and he hates burpees you know so he's a typical crossfitter at yeah this point.
1: and he's got his socks now his knee sleeves <laughs>
0: oh yeah he's got it all i sent him some nanos he's, uh-huh. <laughs> he's got the whole thing going on um it's an interesting point you made though so let's expound on that a little bit so the difference really between scaling and and adapting so i've been preaching this scaling message throughout the open to everyone mm-hmm. like i think the major or a, a there's a bigger majority of CrossFitters who should be scaling the open that aren't because they're just too prideful to not RX and, Mm -hmm. you know, they either end up getting injured or just not performing the level they should, but that is a different thing than adapting. So can you break that down for us a little bit?
1: So think about adapting as you're changing the workout to cater to your physical needs. If there's a physical limitation, like, I'm I'm not going to physically box jump, right? So I may do some other sort of explosive movement to be able to get that same stimulus. I'm not scaling the workout because I'm not scaling it back. I'm just changing the movement itself. So when it comes to box jumps, Stoudy has had us sometimes do box transfers or we'll do box U-turns. It just depends on the kind of stimulus that the coach is looking for or, or you know that you're looking for in general. If you're doing rope climbs and I physically can't rope climb, I might do kettlebell pulls where you basically tie a kettlebell to the bottom of the rope and pull it to the top. It's this, you get the same sense of workout out of it, right? but I'm not physically climbing that rope. Now, if you and I are gonna do the same workout, I would say, I just did this with one of my athletes. I work with Chris Henshaw and he sends me some programming. He wants me to run 48 feet. So I'm gonna have you run as long as I run. So however long it takes me to run 48 feet, you're going to run however many laps that might be. And the athlete that was doing it, for me, 48 feet was two laps. For her, it was six, right? But at the end of the day, we got that same stimulant out of the workout and we're able to adapt it. Now, if I were to scale it, I would then scale back, if that makes sense.
0: Oh yeah, no, it makes sense. It, I've, I'm a fair warning though, if we ever work out together and we have to do that, like run the same amount of time, ah! I'm gonna yell at you because I don't like to run. So ah! Don't expect any charity. I'm gonna be cursing at you and you That's totally
1: moving. fine, I'm used to it.
0: Okay. Yeah, because you know, I I don't like to run any longer, and I have to. I gave it up a long time ago.
1: <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time, my friend.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, are you doing? Um, are you doing the Wheel Wide Open? Or are you doing their workouts or doing? So something I I
1: am doing the open. Uh, I'm actually preparing for Wadapalooza right now, and so uh, I'm really focused on kind of pulling and dialing that stuff in. Um, I'm actually dedicating November as get my shit together month. (laughs) Um, owning, owning a business, uh, definitely, you know, been on the forefront and making sure we're, we're only a year old, so we're still brand new, still trying to figure out, you know, all the ebbs and flows of our community. But, um, you know, I also want to be a really good role model for the people that do follow me and, you know, that are following my journey. Um, Cancer was no joke, but cancer is not an excuse. And you know, it's interesting. I had a big revolution uh, a couple weeks ago. I was having a conversation with Chris Henshaw, and I, I, I had never admitted these words out of my mouth. But I never once let CP define who I was, right? Ever in my life, and it was because. I didn't know anything different. My life was never quote unquote different. It was just the way that I lived. And, you know, three and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer and it completely changed the way I had to live my life for eight months. And for some reason, I allowed that to define me and it it helped me, it really helped me by surprise when I allowed myself to admit that. You know, i gained a lot of weight during chemo and, and my body went through an, a, a tremendous fight and I'll never take that away from what my body did for me. But I also can't say that I'm very proud of myself that I have like allowed myself to stay in that headspace of not feeling bad for myself, but just not letting myself progress, if that makes sense.
0: I think it makes sense, uh, you know. I would tell you not to be so hard on yourself. I use excuses like I'm hungover, <laughs> I didn't have enough coffee this morning, it's no, I, Wednesday, you know. Like I've got a lot of excuses, yeah. so you know, you're battling cancer. I think uh, it's a pretty good one to.
1: Yeah, and you know, but it's interesting. Like we talked about earlier, the the social media culture now has really changed the way that we live especially when you you've created this following of thousands of people that now depend on you know you making them feel better and so what if there is a day where i'm just like screw it i don't i don't want to make you feel better right like (laughs) i need to make myself feel better and so I think I'm finally grasping that concept that like, you know, Instagram is great and it's given me a lot of opportunity and and this community is great, but so is like my relationship and like my dog and my, (laughs) my mental health, you know? Um, So finding, finding that balance is really good, but I also know that I feel better when I look a certain way or, you know, can move a certain way. And you know, being as functional as possible is, is what I preach. So I need to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. It's an easy struggle to have those stuff. Like I get that all the time. Like yeah. I, you know, I'm in a position where people are constantly looking for humor and, and, you know, tons of DMS and whatever. And, and, you know, I don't advertise it much, but I battle with depression. And so I, you know, it's, it's a struggle. Often I'll have days I had moments today where I'm like, Oh my God, do I have to, I had to post something else like i'm just not <laughs> for it i just don't feel very funny today or or whatever you know and so you feel this intense pressure to you know i don't know if it's to perform or just to you know to make others feel better you know mm-hmm. so i i get where you're coming from uh it sounds like you're handling it great though
1: thank you um
0: what's um now you're talking about going to waterpalooza is this your first uh first time at waterpalooza or you uh, have you been before
1: no so um I actually created the adaptive division for Wadapalooza.
0: Okay. So, so no, it's um, not your first time.
1: <laughs> no. So, uh, so Staudy has taken the division, you know, to amazing heights and has been able to take my vision of what I had six years ago and turn it into something that is, you know, an amazing competitive atmosphere. My goal really was just to get the adaptive athletes, um, an opportunity on the floor. And when I had started it in 2015, um, I, I'd done it in 2015 by myself. Um, and then Uh, I had one other athlete that was like out on the floor, but she had decided to go and do a scaled version because she was an amputee. So she could complete the actual scaled movements. Um, But I had to basically create stuff from scratch. So Guido gave me the opportunity. And when I had finished day three, I looked at Guido and I said, if I got 10 people, 10 guys and 10 girls to do this with me, would you allow us to do it? And he said, yes. And in 2016, I hooked up with Stouty and he did the programming and I just ran, he did the programming from Canada and I ran things in Miami. And then um, when I got sick, he had asked if, you know, I wanted someone to kind of take it over. And I said, there was no better, better person to, to do it. And I'm so glad he did. So Autopalooza has been an amazing experience I've only missed one uh, year just because I wasn't able to physically compete Um, but I'm so grateful for where he was able to take it and where it's going and it's a really cool opportunity for me to just to just be there now and not really have to do all of the stressing and just you know compete so it's
0: pretty cool. Well, I'm I'm excited for Watapalooza. I've never been. I didn't go last year. Um but I'm oh, going you
1: got it now. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm
0: I'm going now. I did last yeah. year the page was just starting to grow a year ago. And I got I was getting a bunch of messages from people going, well, are you at Watapalooza? And I was like, Why would you want me to be at Wadapalooza? And um then after I went to a sanctional, I realized I'm like, Oh man, like there's a I got a lot of followers, i so I need to start going to these things. And Watapoo's yeah. like the the event that I haven't been to, and I'm, I'm really excited to get there this year. I think it's going to be fun. Plus, I want to watch I, the adaptive community go after, you know, meeting Stouty and Logan and, and now yourself.
1: It's really cool. And I think you're going to be able to, I think people in general are, it's it's amazing to see the adaptive community take that word inspiration and kind of throw it out the window, right? And that's what I think is awesome about our group of friends is that we call it the I-word, right? The I-word is is great, but to us, it's like, you know, it's just normal life. And I'm not going to take that away from anybody that wants to call us that or, or use that. But to us, we're just trying to compete. We're not really out there to just be like circus monkeys, right? Like people are trying to show the world what they're truly capable of doing in hopes of motivating people to get up off the couch, to have a good day, to go out and do things they didn't think they were capable of doing. And that's why I try to differentiate inspiration as the spark and motivation as the fire because motivation is something that creates actual change. Inspiration is something that sparks that change.
0: Well, that's it, amazing. And it's, you know, we're kind of right at the end of our time, but I think you summed it up perfectly. I, I, uh, I quit being inspired by the adaptive community when I saw Logan, uh, clean 255 pounds with one arm and I can't do that. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not inspired by you anymore. Jerk. I'm just jealous. There's a big, <laughs> you know, between awesome. and jealousy. Um, but I, you know, I think you're, you're, you're given a really great lesson here to all of us and you know I think that's why I'm excited to see this community to continue to grow and I hope what we can continue to build is get you know get our own set of games for the adaptive community because I think what you guys are doing to your point you know inspiration is the spark but you know it's not just inspiration like you know athletes including yourself are doing things that you know those of us that have use of all of our limbs can't do in a lot of cases and you know and it's really it's I find it interesting and it's engaging. There's so many words I could use for it. Um, So, you know, mostly just thank you for what you're doing. Cause I think, you know, you'll probably never see the full fruits of what you're actually growing, but I can promise you, if you continue to do this, you're, there's, you're going to be impacting way more people than you can ever imagine.
1: I appreciate that. And we're not in it alone. It's really cool to have allies and advocates and, you know, people that truly believe in us. So we appreciate you.
0: Well, I'm excited to see you guys down in Wadapalooza. I think we, uh, you know, this is just kind of the beginning of our conversation. I think obviously we need to do this again and, and have more people on, including yourself and, and continue to talk about what's coming up, particularly as we get closer to Wadapalooza. Um, yeah. you know you said you got a lot of training coming on between now and then, so Uh, we'll let you do that. But as we get closer, I want to talk to you before you go down there and uh, clean the floor with everyone for sure. Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you, Steph, for being on. I appreciate it. Uh, Everyone, thanks for listening and have a good evening.